I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. So Sarah, how awesome is our new jingle? Oh my goodness, I love it so much. Thank you so much for sending that to us, Katie. Yeah, Katie, we're very happy. And um, we had like thousands of entries for the jingle contest one not really we had one and and luckily luckily it was amazing so um thanks so much for that katie if anyone if anyone loves katie's jingle as much as we do please let us know send us a voicemail you can you can tell she's she's a true fan of the the podcast because Mm -hmm. she ticked all the the boxes our our usual things that we like to discuss i love that yeah, the like attention to detail. Really, yeah, summarized it really nicely, better than I could have done. So thank you, Katie. Um, Sarah, I wanted to tell you, this is so funny. I actually like, because we're if we're riding, you'll understand this. I, I bonked during a meeting this week. I, so like, I feel like this happens kind of frequently to you. <laughs> it's a, I guess it is a frequent story for me. It's weird because for, for whatever reason, like usually I see it coming. Like that one time I bonked during a, I bonked during a live interview. That was amazing. And when I say that, like I mean, and I'm sure like the cyclists and triathletes who listen will understand this. Like you just like you just go completely blank. Like it's that's why it's memorable to me is because I, I consider myself a fairly high functioning individual, and suddenly I'm just like it's like someone hit the shutdown button, <laughs> and I'm like gone and like and I find it kind of embarrassing like that's why um and that's why I always remember it and bring it up like and I was in the, like it wasn't even it wasn't like I had two of my own team members on this meeting right so it wasn't like you know I wasn't making multi-million dollar deals or anything like <laughs> I didn't miss out on anything but I just felt strange about it like my mind went blank and they're looking at me for something like to like end the meeting or be a leader or something that I normally do. And instead I'm just like looking blankly and staring into space. It was weird. Do you, have you like, how did you recover? (laughs) What? I thought I'm like, Oh, maybe it's food. Like I, at this time I didn't really, usually I know what it is, but this time I was like, Oh, maybe it's food related. And then I went to the kitchen and ate like a couple like granola nugget things from oh I, from Costco I guess, yeah more how did you turn it around mid discussion in the meeting yeah I, I absolutely did not oh okay. like I did not recover the meeting okay. I was like I'm sorry there's something wrong with me I feel weird like and then afterwards I messaged them and I'm like I'm really sorry like I'm bonking like after I went to the kitchen and ate something I was like oh I I was bonking like I straight up just did not have enough sugar in my bloodstream and to my brain, more importantly. So I think that was happening to me last week when we recorded the podcast. Because mm. just I I did, realized afterwards that I was hungry and my brain was not functioning on full cylinders. It was a rough it was a rough podcast for me. Um, I definitely lost my train of thought sometimes. Yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from. So this week I came prepared. 
You came prepared. I, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I finished my snack before the podcast because it's probably the worst podcast snack of all time. I had a bunch of vegetables and hummus. And as Amazing. you can carrots and recording a podcast, not a good combo. That's a lot of mm-hmm. crunching. I'm not going to subject our listeners to that. It's a lot of crunching. Yeah, we, you know, like we as a team, we eat a lot of meetings like because we're often coming in from from training or something we sit down and we're eating um but yeah we have the option of pressing mute or just coming on when but when you're recording a podcast not so much right um so i don't know i i i would recommend liquid snacks that you can sip i do that sometimes oh i also use straight up candy my options aren't as healthy well I mean, we'll see if I bonk because there's not enough, uh, you know, sugar in my my snack partway through this podcast. <laughs> True. Fingers crossed, though, it's gonna be okay. You'll be healthier than me, though, so that's good. <laughs> okay, coming up on the show, Sarah goes electric, boycotting the 2022 Olympics. I don't even know what that means. Oh, the Winter Olympics, haha, and a new feisty friend. Every day, there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash writing, as in, if we were, change is an inside job, start inside. Okay, Sarah, so I don't know, have you ever tried an e-bike before? No. I was one of those skeptics where I'm like, I'm it's skeptic. cheating, it's I'm cheating, you. you know, you gotta, you gotta power yourself the whole way, but I got one. Uh, this winter and I have been riding in the past couple days and it's so much fun okay so wow okay so if we were riding right now you'd be motoring ahead of me <laughs> um what do you use it for like in real terms like like you're a professional athlete like what in how does it fit into your life okay so uh partly it's really good for post-surgery right now because mm. I it's really hilly where I live and I don't want to get out of the saddle and put too much pressure on the front of my foot, mm-hmm. but it's just really fun. So one of, one of my friends has the same bike and he's a former world tour cyclist. He got his before me and he's like, Sarah, watch out. You are going to love this bike. The problem is when you get on it, you go a little too hard because you're just, <laughs> well, you're just going a little bit. I mean, it, it caps you out with the, the amount of power that it kind of boosts you doing, mm-hmm. but it just makes everything a little bit more fun. It's not like, you know, a motorcycle. You still have to to push the pedals and produce watts. But right. it's that little bit extra, a little bit more speed 
that just makes it, I don't, I can't even describe it. Uh, but like I said, I was totally a skeptic. The downside being these things are not light. So you have to really be aware of the battery or else it's just going to oh, be a slow slog back home. with like, yeah. right, a big yeah. heavy bike somewhere. Right. Okay. I understand. Like, I'm not a skeptic overall about electric bikes. Like, I understand that it makes cycling more accessible and that's amazing. Um, but in practical terms, like, how does it, can you choose your boost level? Like, could you yes. be like, can you turn it off completely too? Yes. Yeah. So uh. my, my bike has three different levels. I could turn it off. It's eco mode, sport mode, and then I don't know, like super turbo mode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know actually know what it is. I've been going in the middle mode and mm-hmm. like, it, it's just enough that you feel a little extra boost without it being, um, you know, like I'm not doing work. I'm still doing work. I'm just mm-hmm. going a little, it's the same amount of work, if not more, mm-hmm. because I'm so excited to, to ride a little bit faster and it feels fun. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm doing a terrible job of, of doing it. It's just, I, like I said, I was skeptical, but it's super fun. So, so far I've got that it's fun. Right? Yeah. Which I'm, I'm on board with. I'm on board right, with right, all right. things fun. Yeah. I'm wondering, do you think it will help your training at all? Or do you think like there's, a, is there like an overspeed aspect that might make it? I mean, so you, you keep on wanting to like focus on the performance. I'm just going <laughs> to focus on the fun. <laughs> Because I'm so performance focused yeah, right yeah. now in my life, you know. <laughs> uh, I guess if I were, if I had, you know, an easy spin on the schedule and I wanted to do a ride with a friend, something like that, uh, and they wanted to go a bit harder, then maybe it'd be a bit of a normalizing type thing mm-hmm. where they ride their, their normal push bike and I'm riding an e-bike and it just... It allows me to ride a bit easier and ride with the friends, um, mm-hmm. or just have an easy day be actually easy if, as long as you don't get caught up on it. Um, I don't know. I, I guess you're doing this. You can do the same amount of work. You're just going a little bit faster. Wait, didn't, didn't some bike company get in trouble for pu- putting out an ad that was like an e-bike will help w- women keep up with their part, like their male partners or something? Yes, like- they did. But I had I had somebody <laughs> message me and she said that her husband got an e-bike so he could keep up with her, which I, you know, there's something yeah. to that. Yeah. My CrossFit coach used to ride his e-bike all around to keep up with his girlfriend and like, and he loved it. Like he was always trying to convince me like, you're going to love this. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, hmm. Well, maybe if I can get my hands on one, I'll give it a try. Yeah. If, if any of our listeners have strong feelings about them, I, I honestly felt like it was cheating or something before I got one. And now it's just another tool, uh, to just make biking. I mean, it should be fun. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my kind of like slightly negative reaction to them comes from like the, the last couple years of my career when I was actually training, um, were when e-bikes first started to, to, I mean, hit mass market kind of. And, um, I remember being on the way back from like long rides, like you're coming back from like a five hour freaking slog fest. You've done the, like some, you know, stupid session, like three times an hour in Ironman page or something stupid. You're just trying to get home and some like, there's someone like on a, just right by you. You're just like, you just feel like swearing and like, what the hell's. No, I've, I've definitely had that. Like uh, some of the steep hills coming back home 
you know, it's it's the old guy on, you know, flat pedals just yeah. going, just hammering by you. Yeah. I mean, he's probably on, like, turbo boost mode, but still, <laughs> obviously. He's on turbo boost mode. <laughs> but I think that's not a bad thing. I, I will say that when I've passed a few cyclists on the road the past couple days, I feel guilty. I just want to shout out, yes, I know that I'm riding an e-bike. I apologize. <laughs> no, you know what you need to do? You need to get, like, as kitted out as possible. Like, look as, like, pro-cycly as possible, like, in your kit. And then, like, and then ride the e-bike. Like, oh, what do you think I've been riding? Where? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was I thinking? <laughs> the thing is, these bikes, you can't, you can't really tell. I mean, mm. some of them, it's it's not like the old school like, e-bikes where you would, could see it from a mile away. That is an electric right. bike. Mm-hmm. The, the the geometry now, like the down tube is so small because the batteries have gotten really compact yeah. that you wouldn't you wouldn't know. At least mine, you would not know unless you gave it, it a really good look. Wasn't there a woman like at Ironman Switzerland or something? One of the Ironman in <sighs> Europe. I don't, I don't want to name any names, but like there was someone who had who got done for having a motor in her bike. Do you remember Oh, geez. Yeah. Like, it's well, a thing. Like, you can hide yeah. them, right? Right. So they have to be small enough, essentially, to be right. hidden. Um, or they have to make them small. Oh, jeez. I, I don't remember the details. I bet if Jordan Blanco either, is but... listening to this, she's going to know exactly Someone's going to remember this story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Probably a, a, a more, um, what do you call it? A more health-friendly way to cheat than doping. Just, like, put a motor in your bike. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, you know what? I am um, I'm now going to be more open-minded about e-bikes yeah. after this conversation. So I, I, I'm a big fan. Um, and I honestly didn't know I was going to be. So what I'm really interested to try out an e-mountain bike. If, mm. uh, yeah, mm. so it's, the problem is, not the problem, but... I enjoy the uphills on mountain bikes. Yeah. So once you give yourself a little boost for that, and I, I think it definitely makes it more accessible. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I would like it quite as much. It, they make an e-bike that makes me technically better at descending on a mountain bike. Um, that, would, that would be the, that would be the kind <laughs> I would buy. No. Whereas airbags coming out. That's right. That's what I need. They do have an airbag. They have a helmet that does an airbag thing. Wasn't that the like POC the... helmet? Do they still... Do, like? I, I think the first generation POC helmet, like, there's an airbag component. Again, mm. we have half information here. This is not an informational podcast about sport. <laughs> Like, don't go to your friends at the pub and be like, there's these helmets that are, like, airbags. We don't know. There may or may not be helmets that are airbags. Um, okay, Sarah, you – something about boycotting the 2022 Olympics? Yeah. Did did you see that there's been chatter in the U.S. about this? Uh, you know, potentially in response to what's been happening in China with uh, – how they're handling Hong Kong and the Uyghurs. Mm -hmm. And I was really interested in your take on this because I have a pretty strong opinion about 
whether or not uh, boycotting an Olympics is an effective way of making a political statement from a country. Mm. I'm making you think here. You are, yeah. And I had no warning about this at all. No, no. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to go, I like, you're right. My first instinct is like, know that it's not an effective way to mm. make a difference. Um, I mean, mm, I, I think it's a strange thing to like, when you've got like athletes who are representing the country for whom this is their like entire, they've spent four years and, and more, and you know, more than four years, like focusing on this. Um, not that like the athletes needs should be above like, um, human rights, for example, like that's not what I'm saying, but, um, I do think it's an odd, uh, it's an odd place to play out political, mm. um, anything political. Um, although I also like, you can't separate sports from politics. Right. Right. Even, so like, even yeah. giving Beijing the winter games, a place where there's no snow is a political decision, especially mm -hmm. the fact that they had the summer games not that long ago. Yeah. Like, 10 years prior. Yeah. So that's political. So, but I guess I come on the side of who really gets affected by this. And I feel like it's the athletes, you know, yes, the China would lose face if major countries didn't have athletes show up, but is it really fair to the, the athletes are not, they do not have a voice in where the games are being held. Yeah. It's really interesting. But then again, it has been used in the past. So, uh, like when during the apartheid era, South Africa wasn't allowed to compete for a number of years internationally. But again, who really is hurt the most? Yes, the national pride is hurt and maybe it expedited things a little bit. But the there was an entire generation of athletes who couldn't participate at the highest level of sport. In the same thing, like um, when when uh, we boycotted the Moscow Games, uh, the U.S. did, and you know, that I think it was about half the countries ended up not participating in those games. Oh, yeah, it's it can be effective. It's just it feels it feels like it hurts athletes the most, and I there has to be a better way. There has to be a better, yeah. more effective way of sanctions and I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I think that the, um, I, I just, like, look, this is, I'm getting this information <laughs> first. I'm hearing it first as you are, as the yeah. listeners are. Um, but I um, I think it's a, there's a case-by-case decision-making process here on mm. whether to boycott or not. So, for example, like, I mean, this isn't really a boycott, but, like, um, not allowing the Russian athletes to compete or some of them ended up being able to, but, um, after the, all the, was it the doping scandals in mm -hmm. Rio? Yeah. Was it Rio? Um, that like, I feel like there was, a, there was some, something appropriate about that yes. because it was, it was sport specific though. It's definitely related. Yeah. yeah. Like you can follow the line, um, for, that it's, you know, and the athletes are participating in a system that is broken, mm. you know, and they were part of certainly what was going wrong. Um, and so I think that's probably appropriate. So there's like somewhere between that kind of banning um, that is appropriate to like, 
if you're trying to make a political statement about a country just in general, maybe, yeah, like you said, maybe there's other ways to sanction. Um, yeah. Or like the decision in the first place, like, you know, like you're right. What, like, what's with trying to get in the Olympic Games twice in a row? Yeah. No, or Sochi. I mean, same thing. Mm-hmm. Here, it's very similar to the case with Beijing, where neither one, neither place is a winter hotbed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sochi was a, a tropical coastal town. Mm-hmm. Beijing, there's no snow there. So why are they hosting, you know, the Olympic Games, the winter games there? It comes down to politics. So the IOC needs to be consistent in how you know, they they say things aren't political, but they clearly are. Um, I think that would be more meaningful, have more meaningful change. Because if you watched if you watched the Beijing opening ceremonies, you realize that was like a, a coming out party for Beijing, where it was an absolute spectacle, where they it was a political statement where they said, mm-hmm. we are a superpower. Mm-hmm. And look at what we are capable of. Mm-hmm. Of course, sport and politics is going to be involved, but you know, hurting individuals by not attending the games. I mean, that's, whew, that mm-hmm. seems like a steep price. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you know if China made money on those games? Doesn't matter. I mean, it was the it was it was intended as a propaganda effort. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. It's just, it's one of those things that's like, it's like touch and go as well for the country of whether it's oh, like yeah. the, the cost I'm sure they lost analysis. a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was worth it because it elevated them internationally. Right. Huh. Well, I, I have nothing more to add to this. Maybe some <laughs> of our listeners, you know, if people have a background in history and international studies things like that um let us know because it's a it's a really interesting thing to think about how sport and politics overlap mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um okay let's i'm so curious about this next one we're going to take a short break and then sarah's going to tell me about a new feisty friend yeah. if we are riding is a feisty podcast Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at If We Were Riding. And we love hearing from our feisty friends. So please send us a voicemail at sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah without an H. Right. So just grab your phone, record an audio file and email it to me and we will love it and love you forever. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. Okay, Sarah, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. So uh, Alyssa, if anybody listens to... Another feisty podcast, Iron Women. Alyssa Gadeski has moved to the area, to oh. the Upper Valley of New Hampshire. I knew she moved. It's she's she's your new neighbor. She's basically my new neighbor, I and love I'm it. so excited. So tomorrow, uh, we're recording on Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thursday. We're riding bikes together, and I haven't 
ridden a bike with anybody in over a year, I think. Okay, maybe that's a slight exaggeration. But I haven't done, I mean, I haven't had anybody consistently here yeah. that I can do stuff with. And I'm so excited, Sarah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. I mean, it's 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 been a really long time since I've had, you know what? I'm lying. I was going to say it's been a really long time since I've had somebody with me on a consistent basis, like, you know, checking in. But I have actually had um, a little person who's gotten bigger every month training <laughs> with me since October. What? Who got bigger every month? <laughs> Continues to get bigger until July. About, are you looking at me like I'm supposed to know what you're talking about? <laughs> little person with me at all times. You're pregnant? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, like, wow. You you put new feisty friend on the run list. Like, who's the new feisty friend now? Well, (laughs) Alyssa, but then I have another new feisty friend who's coming. You know. Oh, yeah. amazing. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Wow. I actually had no idea. I like, know. I actually, clearly, I was not secret. quick on <laughs> I was not quick on the uptake. Top <laughs> secret. So really, we have told like immediate fr- family mm-hmm. and a couple of friends and really that's it. Like we have kept it very, very close. Um, so now you and our feisty family. I know. Wow. The, the okay. Yeah. Okay, first of all, everybody send your congratulations messages to us <laughs> on a voice memo. But I also want to say, okay, this is this is actually going to sound weird, but yeah. like <laughs> you've posted a couple pictures on Instagram where I'm like, I just looking, I'm like, Sarah looks different. Like that that's literally the sum yeah, of yeah, my yeah. thought. I'm like, she looks different. Like there's something different about her face. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Different. Yeah, that's what it's a hundred percent what it is. So do you, do you remember a couple months ago you were making fun of my snack, which was like the rice cakes and pickles oh, and, and you cheese, and a- you were like, "Are you pregnant?" And I- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not gonna say no, but I'll try to deflect some out. <laughs> Oh, that is funny. <laughs> I just like blurted it out too. Yeah. 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 Did you have, okay. So like we, okay, we've been recording this podcast. You're now, how many, you're like in month four? Yes. Yeah, so I'm like 26 weeks. Oh, wow. So you're quite far along. Did you yeah. like, did you have any, um, like how was the first trimester for you? Was it rough or were you good? Uh, I've just been tired all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, more tired than normal. And... I don't know. It's fine. Like we can go. It's it's been an interesting trip. Um I don't know. I I felt very ambivalent about the whole thing. So uh like even just being a mother, like I felt really ambivalent about like obviously this is a this is wanted and you know, we're we're going to be responsible parents and all that. Um but it's been a really interesting just 
examination of identity and what it means to, you know, be a parent and thinking about like my own reservations about like, you know, with climate change and everything, it's been, I think, you know, so many people talk about it as just a purely joyous, happy thing. Yeah. And I've been, I felt honestly very mixed about the whole thing. Um, I mean, I, I, I love the little blob that's, you know, developing. Um, but also on the other hand, it's, it's not been a simple process for me, which is probably part of the reason why I'm basically for third trimester and, you know, only telling you now. <laughs> right. Wow. I, okay. And when you, it's interesting when you say amb- you're ambivalent, yeah. like it's, that sounds like you've been ambivalent since you kind of found all this is happening. Have you always felt ambivalent about motherhood? Like, are you someone who has always yeah. wanted to be a mom or? Uh, I, I love kids. I'm terrified of babies. Um, like I, I would have been happy with non-biological kids. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and obviously that's still possible down the road. But I've never... So I remember like when my sister was 25, I was sitting having lunch with her and she looks over at a mom with a baby and I hear her say to herself, I want a baby under her breath. Like, not intended for me to hear. I'm like, Lauren, are you serious? You just said that? She's like, oh, you could hear that? <laughs> like, yes, you actually said it out loud. Wow. I mean, and and there's, you know, there are there are those those people with that very strong drive. Yeah. And I've, I've never had it. Um, but I also, you know, I, I love kids. I, you know, I... Like there is a nurturing part of me, but it's not, I've never looked at a baby and said, I need one of those. Yeah. Me, me neither. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, it's kind of why I ask people because it makes me feel normal. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I definitely never had that. Like I was for sure going to be a mom or anything right. like that. Yeah. Um, and then just, it was, it felt like when I did decide to have a kid, it felt like. I, I wanted it then in that moment and it felt mm-hmm. like the right decision, the right timing. Um, but it definitely was something that came up and then I made happen <laughs> kind of thing. Um, rather than like feel going through life, feeling like I want to find a partner and have kids. And I just didn't right. have that. Um, wow. Yeah. I just dropped a bomb on you. I, you did. <laughs> like you, I think you dropped. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I actually, like, I've also been, like, in the back of my head, like, how does Sarah do it all? Like, how is she training, still training, going to school, doing all this stuff, you know, like, so you're probably um, doing a little bit less on the physical exercise side than I assumed you were doing if you were going to be yeah. know, racing in the next few months. Yeah. Um, so uh, how much have you been doing? Uh, up until my surgery, I was trying to do about 20 hours per week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took a lot of the intensity out of it. And, right. you know, I think like anybody who listened to the podcast, who's been through this process, it's, it's really day by day. Um, that's the part where like it, it, it taps into some of the, like my ambivalence about this whole process is I've had to give up all kind of could Control's the wrong word, but uh, I can't anticipate how I'm going to feel, and I just have to be totally flexible because 
right now my job is not training. It's being active. It's exercising. But my job is producing a healthy baby. And Mm -hmm. that's such a shift where, you know, it it was, I think it was much harder for first trimester because I still wanted to do some intensity and hard work and, you know, go out there and be like, I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just putting it aside, putting my ambition aside Mm -hmm. for, you know, these 10 months where I've realized that, uh, you know, I can still be active. I can, you know, have that base because it's going to make me feel better. It's going to make for a healthier baby. But, uh, my personal ambition has to be checked a little bit when it comes to sport and I just have to focus on different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you someone who like has the lack of control that you're kind of mentioning there an ability to like, you know, like you have to make decisions day by day. Has that affected you a lot? Uh, I think it's changed my relationship with my body a little bit mm. where, you know, I, again, like that ambivalence where part of me, you know, sees a bit of, you know, I've, I've a bit of a belly right now, um, which makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like part of it excites me, but then also part of it, it just doesn't feel right. It feels like it's somebody else's body. Um, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting process and just mm-hmm. trying to give up on, you know, what my expectations were about what it would be to go through this process, what, you know, I, how I saw myself before mm-hmm. and just trying to uh, constantly adjust to, you know, day by day, just taking it as it comes. That's interesting. And, and have you, is it, has it been what you expected? Like, do you feel like you were prepared? What is there information out there? I mean, we had our women's performance summit recently. We had, um, a speaker on pregnancy postpartum and, but I feel like it's very, very recent that we've had, like, especially as elite athletes, but even any athletic woman has had any information at all about this. Like, do you feel like you had good information? I, I do. And I did, I did watch that talk. Um, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I would have known if I got in, cause you can see, like, I can see on my side who's there. That's an organizer. Oh, I, I watched the recording afterwards oh. just, you know, to cover just my tracks a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> cause I, I thought you'd figure it out. Um, <laughs> oh, I would have. Yeah. Yeah. So we have been talking about it a lot more and more athletes have been talking about the process which is terrific because there's so much more information out. I mean, what a difference from not that many years ago when doctors were telling their patients that you shouldn't be exercising beyond a certain heart rate and, you know, max like a couple hours a week, you know, combines. But now we have a whole generation of professional athlete mothers. Mm-hmm. And doctors are like, yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, don't basically don't do anything that's high impact. Uh, you know, you have to let the baby tell you day to day, like what's appropriate. Don't go beyond that point. And really just don't add anything new to your repertoire. Like if you, if you were doing it beforehand, like if you were a runner before you got pregnant, then, but it's the part that nobody tells you is that. And I'm, I'm guessing this is just being a parent as well. Like this is going to continue is you just, 
have to be incredibly flexible and take things as they come Mm -hmm. and pay attention to like the little signs. So, you know, there were, there were a few days where I probably ran a little bit too much in a row and like my pelvic floor was really sore. I'm like, Oh, okay. I learned that was too much. Right. Um, but nobody could tell me that beforehand because there is no prescription. It's so individual. Yeah, I had some interesting experience of, of like before I knew that I was pregnant of my body protecting itself. Mm. Um, so we like I had gone, I was in Noosa for training camp and um, we were trying, but I had been trying to get pregnant for a few months and then decided, you know what, I, I'm just going to kick up. It was spring. It was March. I'm just going to kick up training again. Um, if I don't get pregnant, I want to have a season. Right. So I'm just going to end. I remember we were doing like hard track workouts on, on a Wednesday morning and, and the one Wednesday we were doing 400s and I literally like I had never done before in my life like I've fallen apart in sessions before and had terrible sessions like for sure I've had some awful sessions but like I was literally like I ran one maybe close to a normal pace um, I don't even remember what my 400 paces would be but like they just got slower and slower and sl- so quickly and this is me just going as hard as I can just running so slow I was like oh maybe it's a heat whatever Next week, Wednesday morning, we're doing mile repeats this time. I'm on a trail. And like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't run faster than a six minute mile. Like, I was just like, and that's when I remember I like turned to Rosie's dad, like at the time. And I was like, I, I'm pregnant. Like, (laughs) I was just like, I just looked at him like, I'm pregnant. I'm going home. Like, it was still, it was probably maybe the next week before I could actually test and get a, Oh, wow. Um, and get a result. Like, it was that early. Yeah. That early. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, it was, like, the very first, like, I must have, like, yeah, I must have been not pregnant. Like, it was literally, like, my body started to protect itself mm. um, very, very quickly. Um, so that whole thing about, you know, controlling heart rates that you do here. Like, I, I was told that. I was told not to go over a heart rate of 140 or whatever. Like, you know, I'm. It's not going to happen anyway. Yeah. Like, I felt very certain. Like, my body was, like. Yeah. Shut, shut down. Yeah. Well, that that was one of the first things I, I noticed in first trimester was that, uh, like, the days where I was trying to do kind of high-end stuff, like, my heart rate was just freaking out. Mm. And it might be okay the next day if I tried to do it. Oh, interesting. But it's just, mm-hmm. like, it was very day-by-day, day, like, that, that consistency that I expect, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to anticipate how I'm going to feel, it just went out the window. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah, it's, I'm at the point where it's kind of fun having a little person with me at all times. <laughs> now that, now that it's like a little person. Yeah. My little, my little buddy. Wow. Okay. The other thing is, um, I mean, I'm not outing her. People know Ashley, my business partner, um, she's due around the same time. Like she's due first week of July. So awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm due with the 15th. Wow. So we'll have to, we'll have to have like a virtual baby bonding. You know, situation yeah totally totally well sarah this is amazing so many congratulations thank you i mean still i'm trying to wrap my head around it somebody asked me if we had like all of the baby stuff yet like we'd have nothing (laughs) we have we have absolutely nothing i'm not prepared we did Mm -hmm. go to a birthing class so i got Mm -hmm. that i have information Mm -hmm. but yeah we're totally unprepared People will give you gifts though. Like that's what, that's what we just like wait for the gifts. 
Yeah. Well, I'm really counting on so my my brother and sister in law. They they've had four kids, mm-hmm. and they have stuff in the basement that they've been secretly hoping that Ben and I would start a family. And oh, I'll get some garbage bags full of baby clothes. So sure, I'm with good. four kids, there's <laughs> yeah. probably yeah, there's probably a lot of stuff in that basement. <laughs> yeah i i was lucky that way too like i had friends because i had kids like i had rosie pretty late too i was 35 so like you know a lot of people had gone before me i got all the pr- clothes all the like pregnancy clothes i got all the baby stuff from like three or four different people so you know oh jeez. well i guess and you know at some point i'll tell the world at large um, but I'm glad I'm glad I told you because it's been just like at some point I need to tell Sarah. And I decided this is the week. This is <laughs> this the week. So, this was and like how slow was I on the uptake too? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, One little person is joined. Are you training with like your niece? I'm like it's <laughs> growing every month. Like what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I feel like we now we need to invent a um you know we we're talking about the bike helmets that have a uh, the airbags yeah now we need to invent like a, a a baby airbag for cycling oh yeah like I, you the entire baby is enclosed in an airbag yeah would baby have to be a jersey that like inflated <laughs> so I feel loud. like that could be dangerous somehow <laughs> like yeah there are things to think about for sure okay. I just remember, like, I also remember how many comments I got riding my bike, like, as a pregnant person, Mm. like, people, like, concerned about my safety, and I know it's, like, kind of all in good, whatever, but, like, I had several strangers concerned about me out on the road Mm. when I was pregnant. See, Mm. I'm I'm not quite at that point. Oh, you don't, right, you can't tell? Oh, you, you, I look, I look like I've been packing on some pounds. Right. Um, but it's not obvious baby bump yet right it just looks like you know covid 15 <laughs> all in the front of me mm-hmm. um and if I, I get that because if someone didn't otherwise know you yeah right like it takes a while before it um yeah because you're like leaner than the average person to begin with right well i i did walk onto the pool deck and see somebody yesterday, mm-hmm. and like I just need to tell her because she was giving me a weird look. <laughs> like, I just need to tell her, and she's like, "Okay, that makes sense." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was one of those she wouldn't have said, "Hey, congratulations! It looks like you're pregnant." Mm-hmm. It'd be more like, "What has happened to Sarah?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was the same. Like I was pretty small for a long time didn't have a lot of extra fluid I just I just had a small belly I had a small baby small belly um which is neither here nor there I suppose um but it does mean you're in that awkward like pregnant or just putting on weight phase for longer Mm -hmm. well it's it's not like a you know you get like the basketball bellies Mm -hmm. I'm just like thicker (laughs) yeah (laughs) I gotcha I think that's like that basketball belly thing I don't know anyone who really had that besides like Madonna and Paula Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to really be like remain super, super lean to have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? 
um, not something I was willing to risk. No, not at all. Not at all. Oh, well, cats out of the bag. Thanks cool. for thanks for going along for the ride there. Yeah, um, good good week kind of for your riding. Good for I guess you already knew. <laughs> well, you know, I I wanted to catch you unawares here. I wasn't gonna tell you beforehand. Um, you know, to to get a real reaction out of you. That I feel was like hilarious. the electric bike conversation now has a whole new ah layer. Yeah. <laughs> like you just you just left me out there without this like <laughs> Oh, by the way. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to another week of Uber Riding. If you want to send us a comment, you know how to do it. Send a voicemail to Sarah, Sarah at livefeisty.com, no H, and have an excellent week full of surprises. None of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top We reaching the top We reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top